You're listening to the DTB Introduces HCL Commerce Podcast. Welcome back for Episode 3, Testing Times to Move to Version 9. Hosting today's session is HCL's Andrew Lambert. He's joined by the Deeper Than Blue Unify team, comprised of Mark Megson, Phil Facey and Jamie Lees. to have the team together. Uh, so Andrew, um, just sort of going through initially, um, could you tell us something about sort of V8-V9? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Mark. So V8-V9, I think it's kind of the best way we can look at it is kind of it's been like a journey um, over over several years, yeah. Uh, moving from, to look at it from a, a technical frame, it's been really a move from a monolithic, old-fashioned application that's got its history rooted in, you know, 10 plus years ago, how applications used to be built. And, and V9 is a paradigm shift um, technically into a kind of new architecture that supports really what we're seeing across a lot of enterprises and e-commerce and digital businesses today as they just need to do things more quickly. And to deliver that, you need new technology. And V9 is a response to that need in the marketplace, um, in summary. So, you know, technology is never just for technology's sake in our case. It is absolutely to support a massive change that we've seen, you know, in the last 10, 20 years in e-commerce and digital. So that's V9's story. It's, it's there to support businesses going forward, Mark. Yeah, well, we certainly uh, enjoyed working on the project. So, yeah, have you got any questions for us on it on the testing side? Yeah, so in your experience, you know, I'd be really interested to understand because you guys have got your hands dirty with with V9 and understand some of the things that you've seen in terms of experience. I mean, so, what what was what was your starting point on this V9 project that you were involved in? Uh, hi, Andrew. It's Phil. I, I'll answer that one. So basically, with testing, it's absolutely fundamental in a project. And the most important thing is to test early, test often. That is where you get the best benefit of software testing, which, of course, is a risk mitigation exercise, because the later you leave a defect, the more financial impact that defect has on the project. We've actually written a blog about that and put it on our website for everybody to view, to help everybody. So it's very, very important. We do this test early, test often as risk mitigation. And when we're looking at testing, there's some key risks and issues that we need to consider, as well as a strategy. Yeah, um, as Phil mentioned, we focused um, our key business, we focused on our key business risks to drive our test strategy. Uh, and I'll highlight some of those uh, high-level key risks uh, to the project we were involved in. I think firstly, we needed to ensure that we preserve the core business functionality and the bespoke capabilities of the site, uh, which form part of a sort of a high-level regression risk. And as part of that regression risk, uh, there's integration with third-party providers too. So we needed to ensure that we catered for that too. With the transition uh, of services and data to cloud infrastructure, uh, this introduces some risks uh, for activities like data migration and version 9 of HCL Commerce introduces a microservice architecture, uh, which um, Andrew alluded to earlier, which leads to a risk of uh, regarding this, the scaling of nodes and services which make up the architecture. 
By migrating to a different platform, uh, we have a potential performance impact, as well as some sort of failover and DR risks, which we, which we uh, also catered for. And there's also potential security impact, which we also helped uh, to mitigate. Great, thanks, Jamie. So, so just just to recap, it sounds like that there was a, a lot of risk mitigation and the cost of defects. You need to find them costs early on to reduce defects, and you got some interesting um, opinions on that, that that you've talked about. So, what within this did you guys actually deliver? Um, can you tell me more about that? I'm just interested to understand that a bit deeper, Phil, Jamie. So we structured a test managed service uh, based upon the principles of test early, test often, uh, shift left, i.e. looking at sort of making sure we had high quality requirements um, uh, with which uh, developers could do their work and we could test against. Also establishing very transparent reporting and communication, you know, the whole basis of a project. Um, really that we can identify risk early, we can flag up issues to the project and they can take appropriate uh, uh, action on that. And these test principles we're actually gonna look at in more detail in another podcast from the series. Um, one of the features of the test managed service is um, over the time of the project, it's very flexible in terms of the resource numbers. So those you know tend to ramp up and then go up and down during uh, different phases of the project. And we're also bringing in people with different skill sets at different times. So the performance team, the security team might be in for short bursts, um, whilst uh, say, for instance, the uh, overall uh, test manager is probably involved uh, suit to nuts. Um, and one other aspect of this that, um, We'd actually started prior to uh, the whole COVID situation, but all of the work was delivered remotely. Uh, so we established working practices around that uh, that uh, led to a really successful project. So yeah, those were probably the, the key things I would say. That's great, thanks Mark. It, it sounds to me like, you know, testing makes up a huge portion of an e-commerce program or work. So within that context, what was the, what was the kind of overall approach um, that that you you know you guys took to this? Yeah, absolutely. You're totally true. I mean, testing uh, we believe is the backbone to delivering a project successfully. And there's a number of things that need to be considered, both functional testing and non-functional testing. So examples for functional testing are what are the core functionality for the for the business that this solution is being delivered to. What are the elements that are important to them so their business can function? You also need to think about uh, what is the bespoke functionality? Perhaps what's been created on the previous version in a bespoke way that needs to be ported across that's absolutely essential for that business to function and work and grow. Um, and then when you're also doing the testing as well, environment proving. So like if the environments are being moved to the cloud, it will need to be proven, there'll need to be a shakedown test, making sure that all the pipes are open and that the environment is ready for use. Then there are other elements as well in functional testing. A, a key one is, is data migration, and that's quite often overlooked, but it's absolutely essential. 
What data are you migrating? Can your customers still log in? What function, functionality do they have access to? And what do they need to be able to do with those migrated accounts? Uh, then on top of this, you also need to consider things such as regression testing, you know, because you need to make sure that when new features are added, that the old functionality is still working and nothing goes backwards. And an important part of that is automation because that can take the manual effort out to uh, make that testing uh, clearer and uh, better uh, practice. So basically you can, you can optimize your testing in that way and it is important to have the right tools for doing that automation. Uh, and then of course with HL or any big e-commerce platform, there's gonna be a load of integration touch points. So those APIs, everything needs to be tested to make sure that that data is transferring correctly so that it works as a complete end-to-end -end solution. And then of course, importantly, unfortunately in whatever you do, there's gonna be defects that are found. So you need to make sure that there's a defect process there. So those defects can be tracked right through to resolution so that they can be addressed quickly so that the project can keep moving forwards. And as I just sort of previously mentioned as well, there's also a non-functional element of testing, which Jamie's gonna cover now. Yes, so non-functional testing broke down into three main areas. Um, the first one being performance testing. Uh, within performance testing, we looked at page load uh, times, download times, as well as server load. So simulating that maybe a Black Friday type scenario. Um, as well as uh, load testing, we'd look at endurance testing or SOAK testing, as it's sometimes called, um, which is really how long can we simulate that Black Friday, that peak load scenario for? Is it five hours? Is it 20 hours? How long do we need to look at there? Uh, and lastly, as part of the performance testing, we looked at stress testing, trying to understand where breakpoints existed, essentially. Secondly, um, security. Now, for security, we used a scanning tool, but this was more of a, a precursor for full penetration testing. And um, lastly, as part of non-functional testing, uh, is resilience. And in resilience testing, we looked at things like packet loss or server or communication type issues, uh, as well as HADR failover. And we also wrapped in the node scaling for the uh, microservice uh, architecture as part of this. Okay, great. Thanks, Jamie. So so that, that's a view of the overall approach. Um, I think what I'm interested in as well, uh, some of the things that we saw version nine and, you know, kind of test tool sets of loud uh, more recently. And two things that are really close to my heart is the is, is what you guys can you tell us more about your approach to automation and building out um, a regression pack in this project as well because I think that for me with the rate of change we're seeing in V9 and the kind of you know DevOps paradigm that we're seeing a lot of our customers adopt I'm really interested to understand how you've enabled that and, and your approach to that as well. Can you tell me more about that? Sure, the, the good news is certainly for the project that we worked on, um, the unit testing, the API automation tests uh, and the user interface tests, um, which have been automated, they're all reusable uh, with a, a minor element uh, of rework. So you might need to change URLs for different environments. You might need to relook at your test data uh, and depending on what the sort of data is in your sort of new test environments or in your, your new databases. Uh, so that's all reusable, which is great. Uh, the user interface tests um, will be specific for each site. So 
they are reusable if you've already got them. However, if you're if you're new to auto automation, um, we've got a couple of articles on the website which help cover uh, automation. We've got the one which is um, called the, the test automation pyramid, which looks at how you really factor that into a project, as well as uh, approach it in terms of numbers. You know, how many unit tests should we have? You know, what should that look like? How many more do we need for APIs? Um, what does that look like in terms of um, a strategy and approach to automation that's covered in, in the article. Um, we also have an article which is how to automate your testing for free. And this focuses on the user interface uh, testing and a couple of free tools that are available. Um, it, it really does depend on the capabilities within your team um, before you understand which tool you need to select. Um, within different test teams, you might have different capabilities. Some are more comfortable with um, more technical um challenges some are more sort of manual in their in their approach uh, but there's a tool for everyone essentially and that that article helps cover that we're also preparing a con uh, con content for a series of articles focused on test automation so um keep an eye out for those excellent thanks jamie loving the free as well always good to see that um just a question to the team there what areas of focus would you say are there within that that you just talked about sure so um yeah when you when you're doing the testing of any new solution or any migration on uh, and you know onto the hcl uh, platform absolute key areas as, as you previously mentioned very close heart regression testing like we say with the high rate of change what functionality needs to be tested what's the core functionality for that business uh, is it promotions, subscriptions, whatever? It all needs to still work, and it should be done in a, in a risk-based approach. The most important functions and the ones that could potentially have the most issues, et cetera, front-load all of those. Also, other areas to consider, data migration that we previously mentioned, so important to make sure that data is successfully migrated, the correct amount of accounts, and uh, how those accounts are used, and that it is all fully tested. Um, and then, of course, failover as well because there could always be the situation where um, you know the environment goes down connection goes down etc and uh, there's a requirement to failover from one environment to the other and in those situations you don't want to leave anything to chance it all has to be tested in advance to make sure that it works in the hour of need and another key area to consider is performance testing uh, if you're lucky it's kind of performance tuning i'd say that's more what we did with the hcl product because you just have to tweak it to make sure that it can be right for the customer's requirement on their key days on on their big business promotion days so that the customer has confidence for example on black friday that it will scale up and down accordingly you know all of these areas are really key areas to focus on in the testing and not forgetting of course over go live uh, what are the checkpoints for testing over go live that all needs to be planned in as well great thanks phil I, I i think you've nailed it there for me and many customers i've observed don't um, pay enough attention to performance testing it is critical uh, you will know conversion correlates to performance the site it, it uh, not enough customers invest in that sadly it's like tidying the um, proverbial man drawer in the house it just never gets done, but it is so important. And I've seen where it hasn't got done. There's been a lot of project risk. So I think that's a cracking summary. I'd, I'd love to know, though, just from, from the team, what would you say if there was a legacy, 
you know, what have you learned? What's the legacy of this project for, for you guys? Yeah, perhaps if I take that, Andy, um, I think probably one of the main things is we've got a well-established testing process that has enabled or been part of the enabler for the move towards uh, more agile practices, uh, continuous integration, continuous delivery. Um, and we're providing that as an ongoing support service uh, through to the client. The big thing for me with all of that is it's all about it, finding the issues early on in the process. Bill mentioned before, if you do that, it's reducing cost. Um, and the main thing, the projects and the change that goes on, we can deliver at high quality on time. Um, so that the risk really is clearly identified and managed and the change associated uh, is delivered. A large part of that, as we've touched upon, is the automation framework that we put in place. Just supporting future change quickly, easily, um, so that deployments are made with a high degree of confidence it is really satisfying aspects of this work. And from the client's point of view, I think you know they sort of picked up on you know the importance of working with a, a partner who's you know been through it and delivered these solutions. Uh, and that benefit of having an independent testing function is really significant because it helps manage the overall delivery and I think ultimately gives a higher degree of confidence to the business side, the IT side of the client. Yeah, it makes for really good fun projects. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions about e-commerce or the HCL platform, you can get in touch with today's speakers at www.deepthanblue.co.uk. Join us next time for episode four, Market Like a Pro.